Are you recording, dear Alon? I am now because I have the feeling that you have already started recording <laughs> whenever you asked that. Yep. Wonderful. All right. everybody welcome Woo-hoo. back Woo! oh Woo-hoo. my gosh another episode it's Incredible. been so long since we last recorded yes <laughs> it has been one spoonful of peanut butter and a bathroom break later <laughs> <laughs> indeed it has how are you erin it's been so long <laughs> still good better now that i've had peanut butter <laughs> oh i'm so glad yep. i do love a peanut butter I normally am a smooth peanut butter girly. Oh, yeah, sure. But they did not have smooth peanut butter when I went to the grocery store a lot the other week. Mm-hmm. And so I had to get chunky. What's the word? <laughs> is it, it is chunky. Is yeah. it chunky? That feels it like is. the wrong word. It <laughs> does feel like an interesting one. Or Oh, no, wait. No, it's not chunky. Is it crunchy? It's crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> I got chunky I, peanut I, butter. <laughs> listen, I, <laughs> I get crunchy peanut butter and I'm always like, it's chunky. Or maybe it is chunky. Which one is it? I, I don't remember. Know. I think it's crunchy. But yeah, I got it and I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. This is a fun new texture. But yeah, I will go back to smooth because I do generally prefer it. Because um, I often bake with peanut butter. So it's like chunky is not great for baking purposes. But anyway, that spoonful of peanut butter really did wonders for my uh, state of being. Heck yeah. Um, if you're curious, <laughs> it seems to alternate between crunchy and chunky amongst brands. Ah, great. Yeah. That explains some I generally, I used to be a smooth peanut butter girl, but now I, I at some point I, I made the change and I was like, I just, I feel like I want a little extra, like a little something on my PB&Js and I, I really enjoyed it. Mm. But I don't begrudge people who are like, I it's not for me. Yeah. So can I share a thing with you that generally horrifies the general public when I say it? Yeah. As long as you're prepared for me to be generally horrified as well. I hate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. I hate them. I think they're gross. That's a totally natural um, <laughs> and socially acceptable stance to take. Yeah. I do feel like I am threatening my citizenship to this year <laughs> United States by saying that out loud. I don't know. The interplay of peanut butter and any type of jelly makes me gag. I hate it. I don't Wild. know. How, yeah. It like becomes this taste that I really, really, really hate. I love peanut butter sandwiches. So I will just put peanut butter you on bread. You just have peanut butter and bread? Yeah. Peanut butter don't, and bread. Don't and my you mom does like this too. a dog? Like... Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, sorry. Please proceed. Yeah. So I will put... <laughs> this doesn't feel like a safe space all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this has turned into an inquisition. Yes, correct. Yeah. So I'll do peanut butter. So you put some peanut butter on a piece of bread and then you fold it in half really specifically. It must mm, be folded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It cannot be stacked and then cut. It has to be folded in half. And then you get this little pocket of peanut butter surrounded by bread and you eat that. And this is a thing that I definitely learned from my mother. I also come from the land of peanut butter and fluff sandwiches, which I don't care for. I don't like peanut butter and fluff sandwiches for similar reasons that I don't like peanut butter and jelly. But it's a New England thing. I don't know if it started in New England, but it is a thing. And my elementary school would have them as like an option for lunch, which is so 90s that like I can't even begin to piece that together because one peanut butter at a lunch table in a school what awful idea Um, but also you just fed five-year-olds literal marshmallows on peanut butter on bread (laughs) like what the fuck (laughs) yeah all interesting decisions yep yeah that's my horrifying realization for the day i'm gonna get canceled if you get canceled for hating france i'm certainly gonna get canceled (laughs) for hating pb and j (laughs) it's the j it's the jam that's the problem that's yeah. the jam. <laughs> yep, except not on the not on the bread, not not yeah. in the sandwich. I don't tend uh, to go much for jelly anyway. Like I will eat it on like toast or like a muffin me. or whatever, but I don't eat a lot of it. Like it's just not a thing that I have a lot of. You, so you you don't like like a jelly filled donut? No, I love a jelly donut. The thing you're the one you're talking about. What 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 else do people eat jelly or jam with? I don't know. Like some people eat. I think I. What I mean to say is I don't eat a lot of it. Like it's very much a special occasion thing, or just like a, a rare. Like, the mood has to strike. Okay, yeah, right. that's fair. Yeah. Okay, I understand. Like if I have toast, I will just as readily put non-dairy butter on it and be totally happy with that. Like I won't go out of my way to like pull jelly out of the cupboard. Okay. Okay. I, I get that. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, no, we were talking about delightful childhood snacks that you might uh, encounter in a playground, Erin. Uh, so what what's our tag today? Oh, yeah, I'm so proud of you for 
<laughs> so excited. We're talking about teacher AUs. Woo! Teacher AUs. Oh, I'm man. so unbelievably proud of you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I. You know what? I've learned something over the years. As you were doing it, I was like, yes, he's doing it. He's doing it. Yes. <laughs> I, I felt like the movie Cool Runnings where I was standing on the side watching you luge going, yes. <laughs> he's winning the gold. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, delightful. Sorry. Genuinely I'm thrilled so about that. I could, I'm so glad I could give that experience to you. I felt very proud of it. It was really good. Yeah. Teacher AUs. Schools. Woohoo! Yes. Yay. Tis- Do you read many teacher AUs? Ah. Uh- I guess I don't. I, I guess it's not a thing again that I seek out actively. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, in the right context with the right characters, they can be mwah, delightful. Oh, agreed. Some people were destined to be preschool teachers. All right, <laughs> and, like <laughs> just they're so. It's such a delightful thing. And I think the best part of teacher AUs, or one of the best uses of teacher AUs, is teacher AUs meshed with some other type of very cool au so it's like one is a teacher and one is a tattoo artist or Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you know some kind of like contrasting profession yep and that is i love that shit i think it's amazing (laughs) (laughs) it's two for the price of one bogo yeah it's so good and like there's always like one of them inevitably has a kid and so it's like your kid's preschool teacher or whatever which is like a beautiful tension yep and it's just so fun do you read teacher you much um again yeah i also don't seek seek it out a lot but i do find that whenever i come across it it makes me more it makes me happier than like some other stuff that i may be like oh yeah like i could be in the mood for that Mm -hmm. i would say i I like it a lot but also Yeah. yeah agree like sometimes sometimes it's not my favorite if it's not done well but it's it's very good generally i enjoy it a lot it can be one of those things that like starts off strong and then goes off the rails really quickly yeah yeah thank you for yeah for naming that that's exactly what i was thinking i was like yeah it uh, strong starts usually and then somewhere in the middle you're just like um okay where where are we going and sometimes i find that maybe authors don't also just don't know the answer to that they're like i don't know what i'm what we're where we're headed i was here Um, for a good time not a long time (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly but yeah mostly it's a love relationship as opposed to like a love hate or anything like that yeah I enjoy it. I think they're fun. Are there certain things you like about them? Like, is there what qualifies like, oh, this was a good one for you? I was just going to ask you that question. God damn it. Um, so sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's totally fine. You can ask it. No, it's okay. We'll cut it. No, it's all good. I can, right. I can li- this is my penance for not liking peanut butter and jelly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love, again, I love if one of the characters has like a young child who is very precocious and cute mm. and whatever and like that kid's teacher is now involved. Sometimes I also like if the kid is like a little hellion <laughs> and yeah. uh, the teacher has to be like, uh, your kid is kind of chaos incarnate and now we have to deal with that. There's an unfinished one in the Magician's fandom. It's been zero at recording sessions since I've mentioned the Magician's <laughs> about <laughs> Elliot Waugh having a daughter. <gasps> and raising that kid with Margot. And so, of course, this is Elliot and Margot's child, so she's mm-hmm. chaos incarnate. And Q is, Quentin is her teacher. Oh, um, adorable. And it's very, very good. But it's one chapter short of being finished. No! And it has been for years. Oh, no! <laughs> Sad. Devastating. Bad news bears. Anyway, I love that kind of construct. I also, like, I don't read these a lot, but I also like romances between teachers. Oh, yeah. I think if, like, sometimes it's, like, you know, this is the, like, one character is the art teacher and the other is, like, the history teacher. Like, that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think those are all fun. The thing that I don't read, I never read teacher-student fic. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. Yeah. I know that some people, it's, like, I try not to cast judgment. Like, it's fine. If that's yeah. a thing that you're interested in reading, go for it. Like, I just will filter it out. Like, I don't read that. Yeah. Absolutely. The, the sheer amount that is out there, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Look at that. I mean, I get why in fantasy it's appealing yeah i get it like mm-hmm. i do understand it it's just something that like i can't even i can't even read about yeah no i get it absolutely yeah i understand that but yeah what about you are there things where you're like yes this is my shit <laughs> i really one of the things i love about teacher AUs is just how well they lend themselves to like the holidays and like there's always like a little like oh this is like a a christmas episode or like this is a a, like they did valentine's day activities or any like that i'm a sucker i love i love having things to celebrate i i think that that's you know there's so much bad or like sad in the world 
that it's nice to have just an occasion of like this is just sweet and fun and I especially like through the lens of like a teacher and kids mm-hmm. who may, and usually I find I I mean I'd be interested to hear about this but I I think a lot of the teacher AUs that I come across are always like young kids like you know yes. nothing above like a third grade nothing above third grade usually yep. like pre-k kinder uh, maybe first or second kind of a thing but mm-hmm. they're younger usually and so you get that like child like innocence and like it's really sweet i love that yeah also really love like field trips oh my god are you i love a fucking field trip even now mm-hmm. as an adult like when i went to california for work this past week i was like this is like an adult field trip yay <laughs> <laughs> yeah there is a great tiktok that goes around that's like Field trips are wasted on the young. <laughs> the things I would do yes. as an adult. If you, my boss walks in and goes, "We're gonna go to the petting zoo." Fuck yeah, I want to go to the petting zoo. I'll <laughs> yes. grab my brown bag lunch and get on my little like in my little Uber XL and we'll go and it'll be fucking yes. great. Yeah, it's so true. You're right though. Like it is very often much younger children. Even if the characters themselves don't have kids, it's like they still teach a young grade. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if part of that is like a nostalgia feel. Because mm. it's like, I don't know many people who have nostalgia for high school. <laughs> and the people who do have nostalgia for high school, by and large, I don't think are reading fan fiction. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's kind of interesting that it's like always about a younger, a younger age group. Maybe we generally have better feelings associated with teachers from that era of our lives and maybe that's why we write about it yeah that's a great point and also i would i would say that what what you were talking about made me think of is that um if people do feel nostalgic for like high school or college stuff that's it's its own tag you know you Mm -hmm. you write about them as students as opposed to like the teachers teaching that grade i I find usually Yeah, yeah definitely there's also just something again like it is very sweet for you know especially with like characters who are like really buff or really Mm -hmm. tough or really like whatever like steve rogers was born to be a preschool teacher like can you imagine captain america (laughs) like teaching the five-year-olds like oh my god singing songs i get on a a carpet yes you know what i mean and it's like he could be a high school teacher too but i don't know there's something just like softer and more like more romance more rom-commy frankly about the preschool teacher era absolutely Um, yeah and i think it's important to acknowledge that like the work that teachers do in real life is extremely difficult teaching early childhood is extremely difficult (laughs) and so this like this au is very much about the fantasy right like yeah for sure i know too many teachers to not acknowledge the difficulty of what they do and the difficulty of what they're doing right fucking now in this country Mm -hmm. trying to like survive Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. we're talking about this very much from a like fantasy perspective and a fic trope perspective not the reality of what teaching is like if you're interested in like what what sounds like a really accurate portrayal of teachers i have heard uh is abbott elementary um which i have been loving it's a delightful show and i've heard from a lot of teacher friends who are like yeah, that's that's the reality. That's my experience. I feel represented. Mm. So go give that a watch. Also very like heartwarming and hilarious. I love Quinta Brunson so much. Incredible. From her BuzzFeed days. She was always like mm-hmm. one of my favorites on BuzzFeed. So when I saw her face like just around on like ABC or whatever, I was like, what the fuck? You've reached <laughs> containment. This is awesome. Yeah. Like this is so cool. It's kind of like having like a weird like college acquaintance, you know, get famous, right? It's like mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. moment, which... <laughs> Alan knows has also happened to me, (laughs) but it's like that same feeling where I'm like, oh, I know you from something smaller. It's the Darren Chris effect (laughs) where you're like, (laughs) I know you from this niche thing and now you are broadly known Mm -hmm. and like good for you. I'm proud of you and happy for you. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Same experience. If you haven't seen it, Aaron, highly recommend. It's a delightful time. I'll put it on my list after a league of their own because i haven't done that yet either oh my god yeah that should take precedent precedence yeah. absolutely uh-huh perfect great um so i think uh i should talk about yours this time right because last last episode you talked about mine first if you feel like it yeah we could Let's say fuck tradition and just do whatever we want uh, what am i a heathen <laughs> i mean we've already st- we, oh. s- we started this episode with a hot take we could do whatever we need <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair yeah i'll start cool the symmetry feels good in my brain great so, Aaron, you sent me a fic titled More Pressure, Please. It is on Archive of Our Own, and it is written by Clearingly. Mm-hmm. It is a heartstopper fic uh, between uh, Nick Nelson and Charlie Spring. Mm-hmm. 
Who else? And the summary, (laughs) of course. And the summary reads, can I help you? Gosh, I hope so, Charlie blurted before he remembered where he was and that this friendly man was not flirting, but simply doing his job. He stepped forward to the desk. Um, I have a four o'clock appointment. We all know how I feel about excerpt, <laughs> excerpt summaries. Summary. And can I just say, I, I, I just feel like that wasn't even a really helpful one. Nope, it I wasn't mean, good. I guess, in, in the, like, you're not sure what, I mean, obviously you, you do because you read the tags. I've not learned. So you know what it's about, but also, like, the summary doesn't give you any kind of, like, what kind of appointment is he there for? Is it, like, a dentist appointment, perhaps? Um, yep. You know, car mechanic. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> So the appointment is actually a massage. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like massage therapy, mm-hmm. like massage therapy appointment. So we have massage therapist Nick Nelson mm-hmm. helping teacher Charlie Spring out with some massage therapy. Mm-hmm. So the fix op- uh, the fic opens with uh, their first session where Charlie is looking for Elle suggested this place. Um, you know, it's very queer friendly and like very good because Elle's like, you should get some, you know, preventative care because you, you do all this like running, um, you know, long distance running. It, w- it would be good for you. And so he goes and that's what he does. And Nick Nelson happens to be his massage therapist. And so as you caught from the from the summary charlie has a bit of a problem with his filter in this one where he's just like oh my god gorgeous man Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it it very much reads throughout the like throughout their first meeting where charlie's just like constantly like ogling (laughs) nick nelson and like uh, dipping into flirtatious kind of territory but luckily nick nelson's given some vibes too where it's like he seems kind of interested and it was a really interesting uh construct i guess where because it was their their first kind of session together nick has to ask him about his background and like uh does like a oh what would you call it like a consultation Mm -hmm. kind of kind of figure out where charlie is what his like problem areas might be that he needs help in and so like one of the things that i'm thinking of is nick is like uh, feeling for lack of a better word feeling up uh charlie's like forearms and he's like oh do you do a lot of like lifting weights or like manual labor and charlie's like uh no mm-hmm. but i'm a drummer maybe and so nick is like oh that's really cool yeah that would totally explain it and so you're a drummer is that what you teach and charlie says no i teach maths which is really funny maths uh you know years two and three um and so i, I just i think like it was so it was a smart way to get them to like open up and like at least on those very like basic things like things mm-hmm. you would ask like on a first date like they're already having to need that information and there's this whole air um because we you know charlie struggles with you know body issues in canon so he has a lot of anxiety about like this gorgeous man like touching his body and like doing this massage and so he in order to kind of circumvent that he's like i need to have like just small talk with this man because it'll keep my mind off from the spiraling that might happen so he's like really asking a lot of questions about nick and at one point like nick you know says oh i used to play rugby and and then he's like oh are you okay you just tensed up a lot did i did i hit like a a weird muscle or something and charlie's like ah no it's probably just because you know i i was I didn't have a great experience with the rugby lads in school when mm-hmm. they found out I was gay. Uh, kind of throwing feelers out, you know, as yeah. you do. Um, as one does. As one does. Um, and Nick says, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I totally understand, you know. I probably would have come out as bisexual a lot sooner if if I hadn't been always so in the rugby kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. So it's them dropping little hints here and there. And then oh, there's this really adorable story where Charlie asks, oh, so when did you find, like, what was the aha moment for you that made you realize that you were bisexual? And Nick's like, oh, I was actually, like, it was Spider-Man. <laughs> relatable (laughs) relatable but more specifically he talks about the like fan art that was circulating where like what if uh, male superheroes were uh, sexualized hypersexualized in the same way that female superheroes are and Mm -hmm. then they draw like spider-man and iron man and captain america and like these really salacious poses with like really tight costumes and if you've seen them they're out there you you Mm -hmm. know what i'm talking about and i I thought it was so funny and so such a charming way for him to have had that aha moment yeah so yeah they have like this really flirty banter back and forth and the session goes well and Charlie's like just about getting his um, stealing his nerve to ask Nick out on a date because he's like I think that this guy's flirting with me too Mm -hmm. and he's gorgeous I would really like to take him out on a date but at the very end of the session Nick seems to be like avoiding his eyes and like is a little more withdrawn than he has been throughout the session Mm -hmm. so he pays and he like sets up another appointment for two weeks in the future 
Charlie does and decides not to. He's like, you know, I, he's just doing his job. Maybe I read the signs wrong. I'm just, I'm going to be caught. I'm going to play it cautiously. I'm going to hold back a little. Mm-hmm. So his next appointment comes, he shows up and Tara is the one that's there and is like, uh, oh, hey, I'm actually going to be doing your appointment today. Nick had something come up. And Charlie's a little disappointed, and in the back of his head, he's you know that natural. I think I think any of us would feel that. It's like, did I did I creep him out? Did I come yeah. on too strong? Oh shit, fuck. Did I cross okay, the line? no, this is yeah. But he's like, okay, Nuna, this is fine. Like, it's just I gotta believe him. Uh, take him at his word that he's busy. Something's come up. Okay, he does a session with Tara, and it's really wonderful. And he's like, okay. At the end of it, when he's paying and booking his next appointment, Tara asks, oh, do you and do you want Nick to be your massage therapist for the session since he was the one he started out with and charlie like hesitates he's not sure but also doesn't quite know how to verbalize no because if i creeped him out then i don't want i don't want him to feel like he has to but ultimately decides yeah let's you know what advocate for what you want Mm -hmm. yes i would like nick nelson to be my massage therapist okay great two weeks later he comes in for his appointment gives his name and it's darcy at the desk this time and darcy is like oh you're charlie spring i'm the one who's going to be doing your your massage and so charlie has this moment where like oh fuck i did creep him out or i did cross the line this is awful and you can see it on his face and darcy's like oh hmm okay <laughs> and calls out hey nick can you come out here for a sec and nick walks out totally unassuming like not realizing what's happening he's like yeah what's up oh and then sees Charlie and Darcy basically ambushes him and is like, can you explain to our dear friend Charlie Spring why you're avoiding him? Yeah. Oh, man. And I was I was so anxious. Yeah. <laughs> like, all, throughout that entire sequence, I was like, no. Ah. Yeah. That's Darcy, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They nailed Darcy. Absolutely. Yeah. And then... Uh, <laughs> Charlie's having this moment where like, oh, no, 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 you don't have to explain anything. You know, he's like about to walk. He's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to like make you uncomfortable. I, you know, I'll find somewhere else. Thank you so much. And Nick is like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. You know, very, very reminiscent of what, what is actually in the show. Like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me talk. Uh, and Nick, you know, admits, okay, so I've been, the last month I've been trying to like find the nerve to ask you out. And I, I don't date my clients. You know, that's a professional boundary I don't want to cross, especially because, you know, you have to expose your body and it's already such a vulnerable place. I, I don't ever want to do that to a client. But I've just I've been struggling about how to do it, and I you know I'm so sorry if that's how I made you feel. But I would like to, you know, that was that's what I've been grappling with. And Charlie's like, oh yeah, okay, then yes, I would love to go out with you. And Nick's like, great, how about tonight? You can I take you out to dinner tonight after your appointment? And Charlie says, yeah, absolutely, I would love that. So Charlie goes off to his appointment. Nick runs off home. He's like, I think I have enough time. I have an hour. I, ha- I can have enough time to run home, take a shower, change out of my like t-shirt and joggers situation and get into something nice. So he does, comes back. They go out to dinner. They go get curry at this place around the corner. And there's an emphasis on how like natural it feels and how Nick specifically feels like, oh, this is not... It's disconcerting how much like home this feels, like how comfortable I am. So they have a very lovely first day. And then afterwards, Nick, I think, is verbalizing that he doesn't know. He doesn't want the date 10, but doesn't know what else to do. He's like, this is a first date. I don't want to like invite you back to my place. And, you know, he's like, I don't want to move too fast. And Charlie's like, well, that's fine. Like, I I don't mind. I also don't want the date 10. So they sit on going to Nick's place, which is the closest. And then like, oh, Xbox or maybe something else. They've been very like heavy petting like flirtatious in the like physical aspects kind of way like mm-hmm. nick will flex his uh bicep because he knows that charlie has a, like a thing for his arms and kind mm-hmm. of a moment and on the way there they have a conversation where charlie's basically trying to figure out whether or not nick is out like his you know he clearly has some trauma there and doesn't want to repeat past experiences and nick talks about how he's been out to his mom and his friends for years but he very recently like in the last month or so came out to his homophobic brother and to his father mm-hmm. who also has apparently had some experiences with men which was an interesting thing and that's when kind of charlie clues into the fact that nick really likes him and that you know he would he wanted to come out because the the, the like what was the quote it was something like dating a man in theory is different from actually dating a man and i wanted to make sure that i had like those you know, I's were dotted and T's were crossed. Right. And so they get into, oh, they have a conversation too where Nick says, I've never been with a guy before. And Charlie's like, well, can I be your first kiss? And so, you know, they kiss outside the apartment and then it grows into heavy petting. And so Charlie, like, even whispers in his ear at one point, like, can I be, like, what other first can I be? Or can I be your other first and other things? And they get into Nick's apartment and then some uh, some action happens <laughs> right at the doorway as soon as they get in. Nick sucks Charlie off and then 
they move over to Nick's bedroom where it's reciprocated. Mm-hmm. They have mind blowing sex, and both of them are like, "Wow!" And Charlie at one point was like, "That uh, that was way different from any of the experiences I've had." And and Nick's like, "Oh well, you've dated a bunch of knobs then." Um, mm-hmm. And it's very sweet. And that's the end of the fic. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I enjoyed it. I had. Oh, I took notes, actually. Hang on. Let me pull those up. I'm so proud of you. Thanks. Um, and by that, I mean I just took screenshots of things and highlighted them because I was like, oh, <laughs> Hey, we'll take the wins. Yeah, it's true. Oh, man. Okay. So I had this thing where I really enjoyed the fic, but I was, I don't know if uh, put off by, but I there was, it, 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 there was something that I was like, hmm, it, it wasn't sitting quite right. I feel like this author maybe relied a little too much on their, like, canon connections to then try and, like, they brought some of that into theirs. So, like, I highlighted this where it was, like, this is during their date. Nick had never had this much fun on a date before. Charlie shared such hilarious stories about his friends and his siblings that Nick felt he knew them. And he asked interesting questions that got Nick thinking and talking about his own life in new ways. And I, I tend to struggle a lot with fics that do that, where it's, like, okay, could you give us even just an example or like, oh, Charlie talked about his brother Ollie doing this or mm-hmm. talked about his sister Tori doing that and then Nick shared about how his friend, like at that time that Tara and Darcy did this. Like, I understand sometimes we need to like, you know, for expediency's sake to not hold up the, the, to keep the narrative moving, you need to like have these like summary, like cutting down on what the actual is, like not showing but telling us. I understand. Mm-hmm. But that like that thing I just read to you, I was like, okay, well, it just, it felt so generalized and right. I was like, I can't really con- connect on that level so it feels like you're relying on my love of these characters from the canon in order to you know make your story work which fine like i can do that totally fine but it does bring me to my other thing that i wasn't quite sure and i i'll be interested to hear your thoughts mm-hmm. um i thought they were a little they were a little out of character mm-hmm. for me which i understand because i think that the author was trying very much like to say Oh, I really want to see them aged up. That was a point that the author made in the author's notes and in, like, the tags. Like, oh, what would it be like if they were aged up or this or that? Mm-hmm. And I, I get it. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. So, like, these are different versions. I can't think of them as 15 and 16-year-old, res- rep- respectively, like, Charlie and Nick. I have to think about them. Oh, they've had different life experiences. Fine. But there was, like, the, one of the things that I highlighted was there's a point where Nick is talking about how, like, how he's come out to his parents and like kind of or to his dad and how that interplays with his identity and he has like word vomit he says and he doesn't quite know how to stop and realizes at some point that he's going to come across as too needy Mm. and he's like oh man i'm going to push charlie away because i'm giving too much information off at once which i was like i don't think that that's a nick nelson attribute at least not one that comes across from the the show or the webcomic that Mm. i've read i haven't I'm not caught up, to be fair. But I was like, I don't know that that's something that he would have struggled with. I know, like, the interplay with, like, identity and, like, coming out, sure. But I don't know that necessarily that that was something that he would struggle with. And that, that I don't, again, I don't know that it was off-putting, but it did put me off a little. I was like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know that this is the Nick and Charlie that I know. And then, and this is something that I think is really funny. If you go back to our first Heartstopper episode, I was like, I don't ever want to read Nick and Charlie, like, having sex. Like, I don't know that that's something that I ever need in my life. So I was like, okay, great. We're going to do this anyway. (laughs) And it was hot. I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And I really liked, I thought that actually... I should I should amend that to say I think that the way that the author did Charlie I think was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think it was actually really well done. It was a version of Charlie that was more grown up, has lived through like all of his experiences perhaps, but has figured out how to cope with them and how that showed up in the fic was done really well. I think Nick was maybe not quite as strong, which makes sense because a lot of Nick's character, at least in the early part of that, is him navigating what it means to be bisexual to possibly be bisexual to be questioning to like have all of these firsts come up so that i understand like maybe it is a little easier to springboard off of charlie who has more nuanced and more maybe more universal i feel like because experiences and with like mental health and like body issues and you know those are things at least for me and that could be another thing it's like maybe this is just the way that i am interpreting them but to me i felt like charlie was a little more um, they nailed Charlie a little better than they did Nick. Mm-hmm. And so during the sex, I was going to say, I found, I found it really refreshing how, like, confident Charlie was mm-hmm. uh, in it. I was like, oh, good for him, mm-hmm. you know? Especially because, again, it's this thing, it's this person who has dealt with body issues. Uh, being in a position where you are 
are being very vulnerable, you know, you get naked with another person, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, good for him. But also maybe maybe out of character. I don't know. So that's what I was sitting with when I was reading this. I was like, I did enjoy it, but I, I have questions slash things I'd like to flag. Also, I'd like to point out, other than the fact that Charlie was a teacher, this was not a teacher AU fic. I have been sitting here for 25 minutes wondering <laughs> when you were going to point that out because I was like... I didn't you really do the did. assignment. <laughs> you know what you did. I, I was going to let you sit in it. <laughs> I was like, I'm surprised he didn't lead with this criticism. <laughs> no. Because it seems like something that he should lead with, which is there's none of the teacher AU elements in this. Because guess what, readers? I panicked and couldn't struggle to find one and was like, I just <laughs> looked through my bookmarks. I searched the word teacher. This oh. one came up and I said, good enough. And I put it in. <laughs> amazing <laughs> because oh like unfortunately many of the teacher i use that i read are unfinished oh no they are not finished and i wanted to send you other ones that had more of the things that we were talking about and like the one from the magicians is fucking amazing but it's not complete and that's one of our requisites is that it has to be a completed work and i almost did it anyway i almost sent you an incomplete work anyway because i was so frustrated but then i was like no this is the rule like whatever so i sent this one instead i also wanted the opportunity if you want to talk about it to talk about the whole situation with kate connor yeah and for sure. i thought that would be an interesting sort of segue you gave this so much more deep and intricate thought than I thought you would <laughs> so I'm sitting here like oh no he like really did the assignment and I would have to be here and be like I'm a gremlin we didn't really do it <laughs> but no everything you're saying is true like I agree with everything that you're saying like they are pretty out of character it's not a teacher in you <laughs> Like, I liked that they were age up. I think having that mm-hmm. conversation of, like, what do they look like if they meet later in life is interesting. It's the construct that many of the fanfics that I read of them follow. Mm-hmm. I'm reading a Baker Nick uh, AU that is really, really great right now where it's, like, you know, he runs a bakery and Charlie orders Oh, you got to tell me when that ends. Yeah. I think you told so me about good. this one, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that, like, this interpretation of these two characters is very different from canon, which is also why I kind of thought you might be okay with it being an explicit fic, mm-hmm. because it's kind of the version of fanfic where it's like, no, nah, I'm just writing these two stories with these people's faces on them. Yeah, yeah, and I, I get that, yeah, and I, I agree. Yeah it, yeah, it didn't, like, it didn't squick me out as, as badly as I thought it would. Yeah, well, it, you know, and the aged up helps, I think. For sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah you mentioned the Kit Connor thing, and I also... You you mentioned very, you texted me very recently and I was like I I just I've been obsessing about uh, about Heartstopper again I've I'm mm-hmm. rewatching it I need you to obsess with me and the hilarious thing is like literally maybe like a week or two before that I had had my obsession again I yeah. I rewatched it, it like comes twice. Back. <laughs> it really does sometimes you just like I need something that's like heartwarming but like it still gives me the feels in the right way and yeah. Heartstopper does that yep. Hundred percent. Yeah, and so did, uh, did were you rewatching it strictly because of the Kikana thing? What was the timing on that? Which I guess should we, we should explain what happened. Yeah, I did not restart rewatching it because of the Kit Connor thing. Um, when we say the Kit Connor thing, what we mean is that Kit Connor, who plays Nick Nelson in the show, has been the subject of a lot of scrutiny over the course of time since the show has been released, as the entire cast has been, but it particularly is true with Kit mm-hmm. about his sexuality and whether he is actually queer in real life, like all these things. And he, um, Joe Locke came out, a couple of the other cast members came out with different identities and like, that's all well and good. A fair number of people on the internet have basically accused Kit Connor of queer baiting by not coming out as anything but playing a queer character. I need everyone listening to sit down. Come here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A real person cannot queer bait. <laughs> queer baiting is a term about narratives and media mm-hmm. and fiction. A real person cannot queer bait you. Yep. A person can be in the closet. A person can be private with their sexuality despite being a public figure. A person cannot queerbait you with their own identity. That's where we're starting this conversation from, just to be clear. Good. That's a great disclaimer. Yeah. Yeah. And so what ended up happening was after a certain amount of time, he had been off of social media for quite a while. He had pushed back a lot on sort of the internet thing about him and joe and like the ways in which people talk about him because joe Locke has also been the subject of a lot of scrutiny but specifically for his looks which is fucked mm-hmm. he has been yeah. very clear that social media he, he's he was stepping away from social media it's unhealthy he was like y'all need to rewatch heartstopper <laughs> and remember some of the lessons of heartstopper before you interact with us 
And finally, it came to a head where he posted a tweet that basically said, I'm by. I hope you feel good about forcing someone to come out of the closet. Clearly, you have not actually watched this thing that you that you know me from. And that was an awful thing to read. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you felt reading that, but I was like, oh, hon, my heart broke for the child that he is. Yeah. Because he is so young. And like, we're not like, you know, it's a 10 year or so difference, right? Like, I don't mean to infantilize at all. No. But yeah. I was like, you are going through something at such a young age that is so hurtful and so damaging. And I just, my heart breaks for you that this is what you felt like you had to do. I also to be honest felt like he should not have posted it Mm -hmm. because i was like immediately what happened and i was like this is the internet this is what it is people started dogpiling him with by erasure and i was like don't feed the trolls never feed the trolls and i understand that what he's going through is so much bigger than i could ever i've never experienced this Mm -hmm. i could never know what it's like to have to live that kind of life but my heart broke for like how much I was like, I know that there, you are in a place where there is no good path forward. Yeah. Like it's all bad because you can come out and be like, this is my truth and whatever. And now you're going to get that shit mm-hmm. or you can continue to be private about it and continue to get bullshit about it. I think if it had been me, I would have continued to be private about it. But maybe that's just me. I just my heart broke for him and I wanted like as I was rewatching Heartstopper it occurred to me that like we could talk about this and like have a moment of like we we stand with you Kit Connor <laughs> you'll never hear this but there are so many people out there I think especially people in the queer community who just want you to be happy and safe and well and know that what you're going through sucks and I'm I'm sorry on behalf of everyone that you have been going through this yeah. What about you, Alan? I I I had a similar moment, but mine also like was immediately fueled by like anger. I was mm-hmm. so angry on his behalf. I was like, I cannot believe a that people are like he mentioned. Like, I cannot believe that people might have watched that show and, and then con- like uh, engaged in that rhetoric of like, oh, what is he like demanding answers when it's like, did you watch the show? Did like even like not even? Here's the thing. It's like, it wasn't even like, oh, it's a metaphor for this. It's a metaphor for grief. It's a metaphor for Mm -hmm. finding your identity. Like, it was literally his character's arc is about the fact that he feels like, I don't want to feel pressured to make a decision about this. Like, I don't feel like I should have to. Mm -hmm. And and it's only ever met with love and positivity. And like, yes, take your time. Why is it so, like, hard for people? Like stay out it's not your business Mm -hmm. fuck off yep like it's i drives me crazy it's one of those things about social media that it's like really ruined Mm -hmm. that has completely fucked um fucked people like you you're not entitled to anyone's information like and i understand this is something that you know comes with the territory of being a celebrity unfortunately that sucks i hate it so badly but to have had this like a child literally like he was like i hope you his tweet i think actually says something like i hope you feel happy that you forced an 18 year old to have to come out and make the statement and it's like he's so young like whatever he's going through is his own thing Mm -hmm. and you should not uh, that's where i'm from yeah that's where i'm at i guess i should say i am really i I was deeply deeply angry on his behalf and i was like i (laughs) this this makes no sense but i was like you know what I, if I was, don't make the rest of the show. You know what? You've proven you 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 don't deserve you don't yeah. deserve to have nice things. Fuck you. Right. Like, how do we live in a world like that? It just drives me up a fucking wall. Go fuck yourselves, everyone who, who did engaged in that rhetoric. Yeah. yeah. I so because it's yeah. harmful. I so agree. And what's wild is the same shit happened to Alice Oseman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were forced to come out as ace too because they were they were called out for writing ace storylines and they were like i'm literally ace <laughs> but whatever it's frustrating because it is a very toxic outgrowth of a more rightful conversation about queer representation in media right yeah and i understand where people like when i put myself in the shoes of the people who are asking these questions right i try to figure out where it's coming from and they're a kind person i think it i'm trying I think it originates with this idea and this frustration with queer characters written through the straight lens, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And a real struggle with, you know, queer stories are by and large not being told. And if they are, they keep coming through these like straight creators, straight storytellers. And if you have faulty logic, 
you can then make the leap to only queer people should play queer roles or only queer people can tell queer stories. Yeah. Which, not gonna lie, like, there was a brief period in my time where I kind of felt that way, but it was reactionary, right? Mm -hmm. It was coming from a place of hurt and pain. And at no point did that turn into, which means I can now hound celebrities for their personal information. Yeah. I still think that people who are of marginalized identities should be the preferable storytellers. Mm -hmm. That is a separate issue or it's a separate conclusion that is not, therefore I can also then demand personal information from people. And it is frustrating that they have been conflated because I think the tendency of people to now hound celebrities and turn it into really a witch hunt is undermining the conversation about queer representation in media in a way that is counterproductive and frankly harmful to the community at large because it makes queer creators less likely to put things out and to create things because they know that they are now going to be subject to scrutiny in ways that they are not prepared to do absolutely and no one is entitled to the personal information of another person be they celebrity or not yep stop it (laughs) knock it off Stop especially not a child God, yeah, it, it's really infuriating. Yeah, and like we could have the whole conversation about how an eighteen-year-old is technically an adult, so whatever. Sure, he's so young. <laughs> I didn't come out as ace. I didn't know I was ace until I was twenty-four. I was gonna say in my head, this is yeah. I'm glad you brought this up because, but in my head, I'm like, I I found that the older I get, the in my head I've adjusted. I'm like, yeah, legally. 18 mm-hmm. you're an adult sure in my head you're not actually an adult until at least 23 at least at the very i least. was about to say that's... 30 <laughs> <laughs> oh great i'm a child because i'm, I'm i still feel like a child in some ways you know what i mean yeah, and part of that is sure. delayed delayed adulthood because of the circumstances of our economy and all that kind of stuff but like yeah you do you are, do not magically become a fully formed adult at 18 you absolutely Mm-mm. do not regardless of who you are right i think yeah like 23 24 starts to feel like more of an adult yeah but yeah no i didn't know i came out to really myself and like a couple of people like i didn't land on ace until i was like a senior in college wow yeah and i had come out as queer before then i thought i was originally came out as bi in senior year of high school but still that's 18 yeah but think about that growth right like you can also come out as one thing and then realize that that label either never was correct for you or no longer suits you or things change and your identity shifts Mm -hmm. so forcing someone to navigate that in the public eye is also a level of cruelty yeah agreed is just unconscionable like i can't imagine feeling locked into the identity that i started with forever yeah which is kind of how the internet is (laughs) you know it's like Mm -hmm. once you say it it's it's out there and you can't take it back right yeah, man, I, I'm so glad to. I'm so glad that you're talking on all these points because you're very eloquent and saying everything. I I agree with, and thank you for sharing your own journey. That's very brave. You're welcome. I've also with age comes security. I think. Yeah. Like I am now old enough and like out enough and pretty solid enough in like my <laughs> identity that like I feel safe talking about it in a public forum, and I'm choosing that. And that's yeah. the important takeaway, kids. <laughs> yep exactly it's about choice and consent yeah so yeah i'm okay talking about it and yeah i i hope he's okay i hope he has seen more messages messages of support than he has negativity i don't think that's probably the situation but i hope he receives the support that he deserves yeah fully agree in general i hope he's all right and I hope he has yeah. a good enough support system around him that the people who know him in real life are there for him in ways that they they know how to be because they're his friend or his family member. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also, like, something I really wanted to talk about that you touched upon was the idea that, like, once you settle, like, on something, on a label, once you label something or on an identity, that you're locked into that forever. Mm-hmm. And that is such an unfortunate truth about the internet, which I thought was very astute of you to say. Um but so true that it, life is changing. Like, life is change. Mm-hmm. Nothing stays the same. Like, literally nothing stays the same. Maybe stone, you know, a statue. But that's not human beings. And, like, what works in one season of your life won't work for the other. And I hope that he... I hope that he, he finds the grace or that he's offered the grace and the compassion to continue to 
kind of question himself and like realize that he doesn't have to be locked into anything just because he put it out on the internet yeah. um it's it's really and to you dear listeners know that whatever like you there's always a choice to be made mm-hmm. you know right now you are working a job that does not mean you're going to be in that job for the rest of your life you could if you'd like to but the choice is always there you can change and uh, uh, you should never be tied to or feel like you are tied to something just because, oh, well, that's what I said at one point, And oh, that was true at one point. doesn't mean it's true now. Right. And you have not failed. No. If you make a yeah, change a like that. Point. Or if something shifts. Or you realize that, like, what you thought was the correct thing for you is not. Like, mm-hmm. you can come to that realization, be grateful for the experiences that you had in that particular moment. Be grateful for your growing opportunity and then make a different choice moving forward or make a different, follow a different path. I think often, particularly with queer identities, it feels like we are all feeling some version of imposter syndrome all the time. And it can be really hard to have that weirdly validated by being like, oh, I'm not actually this thing that I said I was doing. I'm causing harm. No, that's what questioning is about. That's what, yeah. that's what it is. And mm-hmm. as long as you are not disparaging of any of the sides involved in that, as long as you are coming from a place of respect for all sides involved, it's all good. You're you're totally fine. <laughs> like, it's going to be all right. Agreed. And that's the takeaway from today. <laughs> yes. We, we right. still have a whole Let's... second fic to talk about. <laughs> I know. Let's step off of the soapbox. I, I guess I should rate this fic. Yeah, I guess you should. <laughs> Um, I'm going to give it a 3.8 because I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the sex was really like steamy and I enjoyed that as well. Um, but yeah, there was just some out of character moments, mm-hmm. uh, particularly with anything else. And then I was like, I don't know. And also this wasn't a teacher at you, but that's more on you. <laughs> it <laughs> is on that pick. <laughs> I think yep. a 3.8 is great. That sounds lovely to me. Great. All right, Aaron. Um, why don't we move on to what I sent you? Great. <laughs> Feels we should have switched the order. Oops. Oh, well. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I didn't remember. Um, I, I more so I just forgot that the Kit Connor thing was a thing we should have talked about. Yeah, Maybe it's okay. Well, everyone, go pause now. Go get a tea. <laughs> Come back, and we'll we'll resume sort of the lighthearted stupidity that we are known for. Uh, let's see. So you sent me a teacher AU, and it is really a teacher AU, friends. It's very good. Called "Give Me Nothing, Give Me You" by author DLS. Right? Or is it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's DLS. <laughs> in the fandom, The Witcher. Wow. Look at that. I don't think you knew this, but I have been trying to find a Witcher fic to send to you for about a season and a half at this point. You're joking. Nope. Really? I have been reading Geralt and Yaskier fic on the sly <laughs> for about a year and a half now, maybe. And I was like, Woo! eventually we got to talk about The Witcher because the fandom is wild and like, the, you know, the stories are really great. And I was like, I'll find a good wump fic at some point And like, that's when I'll oh my do it. God. That's what it'll be. Because I tend to read extremely angsty, extremely wumpy Witcher fic because it's a very like wumpy show. I've also read a lot of Geralt, Yaskier, Yennefer, OT3 stuff, which I know OT3 is not your, mm. your you know. Yeah, no, but I, I can see how that would work. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So I was like, all right, eventually I'm going to find a Witcher fic, but you beat me to the punch, dear Alan. <laughs> so um, sorry. It's fine. It's kind of great because now I don't have to do it. <laughs> Um, can i tell you really hilarious this might just piss you off actually but i have not seen the witcher um i (laughs) i I saw the last two and a half episodes of the latest season with my roommate who was watching it and all and i was hooked yeah and then the it was the season finale and i didn't even realize i was like wait was that it oh shit no (laughs) oh god well i mean it's not like i've seen the witcher (laughs) oh great that means yeah i haven't seen it what i have seen are youtube compilations of joey Beatty. (laughs) Having the shit kicked out of it. Yes. <laughs> like, very much some like YouTube compilation kind of stuff. Love that. I think it's wild that we're talking about this with Henry Cavill leaving the show. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Which I don't think we have time today to unpack all of that. But that's wild that your like mm-hmm. lead actor was like, I'm going to go be Superman again. Deuces. And they were like, Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> I was like, what? I thought it was a yeah. joke. I really thought that was fake. And then I was like, oh, no. I'm surprised they're sticking to their guns. I would have thought, like, after the after that, they would have just been like, Henry, please come back. We'll give you whatever you want. Right, we'll That's what I would have done if I was Netflix. I don't know. Maybe they are contractually obligated. But anyway, that happened. The summary of this fic 
Siri's kindergarten letter comes in the mail on a Tuesday. Geralt opens it, skims it, and frowns at the class his daughter has been assigned. Dandelions. Or a modern AU with dad Geralt and teacher Yaskier. I didn't take notes. <laughs> Great. I read this fic late enough last night that I was like half asleep. I was just kind of like, oh. <laughs> so I was like, I'll remember Amazing. in the morning. <laughs> And do you remember in the morning? No, 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 no. <laughs> well, it's, I think it's also helpful. But the re- part of the reason that I think I struggled with taking notes is that this fic starts with the conceit of Siri, Geralt's daughter, is starting kindergarten and Yaskir is her kindergarten teacher. And it ends with they get together. And there's 45 fucking chapters in between there. <laughs> yeah. I almost yeeted my laptop out the window when i saw that i was at work <laughs> and i opened up that link just to be like i wonder what alan put in the in the fic list google doc and i went 45 <laughs> chapters <laughs> i was like i gotta keep that in my inside voice and then i looked at the word count and i was like oh it's fine it's like sixty thousand words how is it 45 chapters <laughs> i had so many questions and i was like i guess i gotta trust the boy that like it's not He's not murdering me right now. And then here's the only notes that I took. Great. It starts with, what the fuck, 45 chapters? But 62,670 words. I'm suing. No. <laughs> and then my next note is, oh, okay, there are photo sets, LOL, which is the first chapter. Mm-hmm. And then it says, there's only one photo set. What the fuck, Alan? <laughs> that's, that's all of my notes. So, yeah, I mean, the pacing of it is sort of interesting. To dive into the plot a little bit, Siri, kindergarten, Geralt, single father. Yennefer and he had a very tumultuous marriage, and they had sort of a last hurrah, one might say, where uh, Yennefer got pregnant with Siri during that time and said up front that she was like, I'm not taking care of this kid. And like, Geralt had kind of been like, well, maybe this will save our marriage, which is never a good idea. Mm-mm. Don't have a save your marriage, baby. And she was like, no, I want to be free. I will sign over, you know, parental custody to you in full. You'll never see me again if you want this kid. And he was like, okay. So he got Siri. Yen took off. And he has been raising Siri alone with his brothers and his father ever since. And, like, they have a very sweet father-daughter relationship. Like, Siri's a cute kid. She's, like, really well-adjusted. She's super fun. And, like, but she, like, has everybody wrapped around her little finger. She gets kind of everything she wants. She's a little spoiled. It's very cute. And she starts kindergarten and Geralt has a small crisis to be like, but the little baby that I used to like hold on my chest is now like basically a grown up, (laughs) which is very funny for a very stoic character. And Yaskier is the kindergarten teacher who like is always playing his guitar and singing songs and dressing in bright colors and very exciting. And Siri loves him right away. All of the kids love him. And basically what happens and it's the pacing of it is such that it's a very very slow burn i did write the slowiest of slow burns where like notes will come home from school with little like smiley faces and stuff like written on the back and like Geralt goes to a couple of different school functions and bumps into Yaskir and they'll have these like little conversations there's like little sparks of kind of something interesting Yaskir is very enthusiastic and very fun, very sweet, and Geralt is very stoic, but Yaskir can, like, read his stoicism right away, which other people very often don't do. Geralt is very, like, socially awkward. He hates hanging out with other parents. He, like, doesn't want to talk to people, but Yaskir, like, gets him. And so they develop, like, a sort of, like, proximity closeness thing that starts to inch towards something fun. It comes to a bit of a head during, I think it's like a Christmas event, like a fall winter mm-hmm. event at the school where Lambert, Gerald's brother, shows up and bumps into Yaskier when he's about to go get Siri and basically invites Yaskier to come to their Christmas celebration, which is out of pocket. Yep. <laughs> Entirely out of pocket. And Geralt overhears part of the conversation where Yaskier says, you know, I'm his daughter's teacher. It would be inappropriate, which is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but Geralt realizes in that moment, oh, I have feelings for this person. Wow. Coming to this realization a little late in the game. But also, I've made him uncomfortable. I need to chill out. And he kind of, like, ices Yaskier out for a minute. And Geralt is, like, signed up to, like, help clean up this Christmas event thing. And Yaskier's like, don't leave. (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. Don't leave. Mm -hmm. And so they have a little bit, like, 
it's awkward for like the space of like a chapter and then they have a conversation towards the end where it's like they that's kind of their moment of like i'm interested i'm also interested this cannot happen until i am no longer series teacher we have to establish this boundary and i loved that i love a boundary (laughs) yeah it was so well navigated because it wasn't like either of them were like uh, feelings uh, complications it was just like i know that i have feelings for you you know that you have feelings for me everything is okay but we have to do this right and it's worth doing right and i thought that was beautiful <laughs> talk about emotional fantasies <laughs> good communication wow so they decide that they're going to be friends basically and mm. count down the days until you know they can move forward more and they start having to, like, navigate some sort of, like, odd moments. There's one time where Geralt brings Yaskier, like, a coffee at the school. And they decide that is, like, not a cool thing to do. Like, he's like, as I'm doing this, I'm realizing that this isn't right. Like, this isn't a good thing. And Yaskier's like, yeah, this was nice. But, like, maybe don't do this again because it's not something that you would do for other teachers. Mm-hmm. The through line of the family life of, like, Geralt and his brothers just, like, constantly, like, egging each other on and, like, being goofy <laughs> but, like, always loving each other is, like, so sweet. Yaskier gets kind of enfolded into the drama through Siri. So Siri will tell him about her uncles being silly or whatever. So he like knows the family life secondhand through a five-year-old, which is hilarious. <laughs> they start texting back and forth. There's a moment where Geralt freaks out because he's gonna tell Siri that like he and Yaskier are friends, and she literally is like, I was his friend first. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fine and it's very funny because she's five and doesn't understand what's actually being happening but she like has a moment of just like yeah it's fine stop it like knock it off it's totally fine like i don't understand why you keep asking me if this is okay and has like a temper tantrum about that but it's mm-hmm. totally fine with yaskier being in their lives let's see what else happens i mean they move towards they move through the sort of like navigating you know texting and being in communication with each other at one point siri says that she's sad that notes don't come home anymore from school and it's this very sweet moment where they both realize that like yes they are navigating this relationship as adults but like siri has a right to be like considered as part of this yeah and they hadn't considered that she would miss the notes because they are now texting exclusively so he like yaskier starts sending notes home again and that i thought was really sweet the way in which that they handle the child like the childness of siri i think is so respectful and cute there's a moment where they run into each other at the grocery store and that is sort of like a a fun moment of like oh i'm seeing my teacher out of school and Geralt's like "Mm, you're very cute (laughs) (laughs) this is unfortunate and that later comes back towards the end of the fic is like they intend to go on they sort of set up a pseudo date like this is before they are properly dating but Yaskier was like, well, I couldn't stop you if you happened to be at the grocery store at two o'clock on Sunday, which is when I happened to be planning to go to the grocery store. So they bump into each other there and like, you know, it's very cute. And like, they're clearly kind of like setting each other up to like inch towards that date. And the very end of the fic is basically they hit the summer series starts a a new school year with a new teacher in first grade and Geralt and Yaskier decide to date. They're like, we don't want to jump right into this right away but we're doing this and we're going to navigate what this relationship looks like. Geralt goes to therapy and talks about therapy all the time. Yes. He's like, my therapist has advised me against jumping right into this thing. <laughs> and Yaskier is like, great, let's take it slow then. And they decide to date. And that's kind of where the fic ends. It start, it ends right as they're going to like get into what their look, life looks like post Yaskier being series teacher. In case it was unclear, I fucking loved this fic. Yes. <laughs> you crushed it with these two yes. big choices alan i don't know what yes, yes, california yes. did good things for you man um because this was so good it had all of the elements of a teacher au that i like it navigated boundaries so well it was so grounded it was so well done the relationships between the adults like the family was so good it nodded to some things that i know about canon Mm -hmm. i obviously don't have canon behind me but i know yaskier has a complicated relationship with his family in canon that comes through in the fic as well where he has a complicated relationship with his family and like that was kind of the impetus for the conversation about christmas where he's like i'm not going home for christmas blah 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 and it was just so good i loved it (laughs) the pacing was really good even though like it didn't it wasn't a fast read 
per se. Mm-hmm. It took me a while. Like, even though it's a short, comparatively short fic, the pacing is such that, like, you have a lot to go through. It's very dense. Yeah. Plot-wise. But I didn't ever feel like it was too slow or, like, poorly paced. It was just a really thoughtful pacing, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. Yeah. I would gladly read this author continuing into what their early relationship looks like because I think that would be fascinating. I loved it. I'm so glad. Yeah. I, I agree with all <laughs> the things that you said. And I was actually, in listening to your retelling of this, I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember it being a little slow at the beginning. And I was like, I'm not sure. I wasn't actually sure of whether I was going to send this to you. I was mm-hmm. kind of reading it in the hope that I was like, okay, I hope eventually we get to a point where like yeah that's gonna be it and i did once we hit the boundary like this has to be the like i can't we can't date while i am your your daughter's teacher i was like oh absolutely this is the one this is exactly exactly to what you were speaking to like that boundary was so refreshing especially Mm -hmm. in like fanfic world i was like oh Mm -hmm. yes amazing and i think also i was i was nervous about whether or not you would actually like it because i think it's it's way more slice of life, I think, than maybe usually we read. It's like there wasn't any like overarching like, yeah, there's some tension in like, oh, will they get together? Won't they get together? But like you said, like pretty early on by the Christmas time in the chapters, you're like, oh, they do like each other. They've named the thing and they would, you know, they're still going to connect, but not in the in that way yet but there wasn't really like an overarching like through line there wasn't any like conflict resolution that had to happen it was literally just like a year in their lives and how they navigated the situation and it was so lovely and so sweet Mm -hmm. and like just little itty bitty tastes of like mm, domesticity and yes uh, oh my god oh we get like you get like um a sick Geralt at one point and Yaskier was sick at one point and they're like oh the it was lovely i loved it i'm so glad you enjoyed it it was so good i also forgot to talk about this but it's also funny like the fic itself (laughs) like the writing is funny in the driest manner possible (laughs) yeah like there's just these little like throwaway moments where you're like that is the funniest fucking shit i've ever read and i copied and pasted it i i pulled a quotes with alan yes this is on their not date at the grocery store where they're walking through and because it's a weird time they don't have any free samples out (laughs) yaskier eyes the folded up table propped against the back wall of the deli section with no small amount of disappointment before selecting a block of artisanal cheese with the resigned air of a man going off to war (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was so funny to me and like but it's funny in the like way that life is funny you know what Mm -hmm. i mean where it's like it was just so like the drama of yaskier is so well handled you it's never making fun of it Mm -hmm. it's always like yeah he's a dramatic bitch but it's hilarious (laughs) and so grounded and it's never a parody of it it was just so funny and like the the banter between the brothers is super funny but like i never sat there and was like oh my god laughing out loud ha 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 it was just like oh this is clever this is hilarious and Mm -hmm. i loved that about this fic because that is i think how life is a lot of the time the humor of life if you look for it the humor of life is in the mundanity of it and like the silliness of it and it was oh aaron that's beautiful oh my god that's moving yeah absolutely bombs in this here episode today I love it. And yeah, that's so true. Every now and then you're like, it's one of those things that if, if it happened to you in the supermarket, you'd be like, uh, that's funny. And then move on with your life. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, yep. I love that you pointed that out. Yep. So I had a great time. Thank you for sharing this with me. I love it. And I might go and read more from this author because the writing style is so good. Nice. Yeah. Let me know if there's any other standouts. I'm, I, yeah, I absolutely enjoyed it. Amazing. I All right. would yeah. like to rate this fic. Did you have anything else to share before I... No, I was about to ask you for your rating. Incredible. We're so on the same wavelength today. I would like to give this fic dun, 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 a 4.8. <laughs> yes! Woo! We'll take it! It's really, uh, really good. It's really, really good. I mean, it could have been a 5 in my life, I think, if I knew the context a little bit better. Sure. You know, I, I'm always, like, I'm saving the 5 for, like, you know... Yeah, I think there really... there's, like, um... There's an allowance in which, like, I think, yeah. that, like, that point, too, is, like, you feel it in your soul. There's something in you that screams, this is a five. Yeah. And so I totally understand, like, for as much as you like it, like, yeah. sometimes it's just, it's not a five. And you just, you know. Yeah. But it is certainly fucking good. So, yeah. yeah 4.8 Oh, is. yay. I'm so glad. Yeah. Ah. Amazing. 
man what a what an episode <laughs> what a series of episodes man i mean this who would have thunk on this here saturday morning that this is what we would how we would not land. i <laughs> not, not i, I. Said the cow. not i said the frog. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Uh, should I ask you the age-old question? Uh, if yeah. people want to connect with us, uh, how would they do that? So many ways, dearest Alon. Um, one of these days, I'm going to pop quiz you, and it's going to be really funny. That's why I always try to listen to make sure I was like, okay, make sure. Get... Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, fuck. I would have forgotten that one. Good call, Aaron. Yep. So we can be found on our website, uh, theficklist.com, which links off to all of the ways in which you can get in contact with us, including, but not limited to, TikTok. Tumblr, the fake list podcast.tumblr.com, uh, run by the inimitable Caitlin. Who thanks, Caitlin. Is, thanks, Caitlin. That, that is your title now and, for, now and forever. Twitter <laughs> for now, once again, this is still November you know, 19th. Like, this is the same as the previous episode. So, unless Elon Musk has done something really thoroughly befucked in the last 15 <laughs> minutes, we're still on Twitter. Uh, so, we are technically on Instagram. We are technically on Facebook. <laughs> uh, don't do that. You can find all of our episodes on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, all the usual suspects, Audible. Uh, we have a reading list that is linked in our episode show notes. So if you want to read the fix that we have read now and in previous episodes, you can do so. You can send us a fan rec via the Google form that is in our little link tree thing. Um, once again word of caution we have not utilized those very much so just be aware that like that could sit in a google doc for a while and like it's not a slight on you or anything else we just really have not figured out a way to consistently incorporate those into any of the thick list product so um just know that that's the situation i forgot last time we do have a business email for inquiries that are business related i don't know what such inquiries would be but you know you can send us an email <laughs> at uh the thick list at gmail.com and you can what's the other one i forgot one there's something else there's something else ko-fi yes ko-fi thank you if you feel so led we would be grateful to receive any donations you would like to send to us via ko-fi we can be found on ko-fi ko-fi i think dot com slash the ficklist or just search for the ficklist on us we'll come up and any uh such funding that comes through on ko-fi goes to furthering you know the offsetting production costs for this podcast which we appreciate very much we've had several folks give to us we are still incredibly grateful even a dollar <laughs> is more than we would get on like the tiktok creator fund so <laughs> when i say any amount i literally mean any amount they've set a dollar we don't have now literally a dollar is the minimum that they will allow me to put <laughs> as the like the <laughs> amount that we will accept so that is what i did because that is what ko-fi required me to do but exactly like alan just said it's a dollar you know that we don't already have I think that's it. I think so. Beautifully said. Thanks. Wow. All right. <laughs> yes. Another one in the books. Woo-hoo. Thank you all so much for listening. And, uh, you know, you will hear us the next time we post. When that will be, only time will tell. <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> Happy holidays if we don't get another episode out by the time the holidays roll around. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> Which is really Happy possible. spring if, if some <laughs> catastrophe happens. 2024 is going to be a great year, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it in my bones. <laughs> anyway, Dumb. love y'all. Yeah, bye. Bye.